Praise the Lord. I want to be dealing with a very simple uh, topic or subject, whatever way you want to call that, which to me is pastoral in nature. It's not what uh, looks like a deep revelation, but very simple word, something that we all know. But it is practical because it's what we are engaged in almost every day of our life. It's practical. So I'm looking at what I call overcoming evil seeds. Overcoming evil seeds. Seed is the seed you sow. Overcoming evil seed. Praise the Lord. Now let's look at it from the book of Luke chapter number 6. Overcoming evil seeds. The book of Luke chapter number 6. And uh, verse 38 is a very simple word. Something that everybody knows. Something that we speak about almost all the time. Men preach all the time. So he says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. And running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you met with her, it shall be measured to you again. Everybody knows this. Amen. Now, the issue of giving is a law. And this is one of the major laws that work in both the spiritual dimension and natural dimensions. Right in this world, the principle of giving and receiving is a natural thing. It works in the spiritual dimension, it works in the natural dimension. Hallelujah. The key point is, every seed you sow multiplies. Every seed you sow multiplies. Now, I want us to understand something. And after God has just said, this is a natural law, and this law works whether you are a believer or you are not a believer. It works. The law of gravity does not have recognition for a believer or an unbeliever. Gravity affects the believer and the unbeliever alike. That is also how the law of seed sowing operates. It has no recognition for a believer or a non-believer. It is just a natural law that works both spiritually and physically. Now, often and again, when we look at this, our mind goes more to the issue of money. But I want to stress this tonight. That's why I said it's more of a pastoral uh, subject that I want to discuss with you. Uh, 
What are some of those things that you can sow? Anything you sow is a seed. Is that alright? Anything you sow is a seed. And I'm saying that seed multiplies. It has the ability to reproduce itself. Because to go back to Genesis, say every seed must bring forth its own kind. So every seed has the ability to reproduce itself. Therefore, every seed you sow, you should expect a harvest. Now, I would say number one, you can sow money. Right? I'm just looking at, you have other ones that you can put in, but I want to use it to guide us. What are the kind of seeds or things you can sow? You can sow money. One. Two, you can sow possessions. As it were, material possessions. You sow clothes, you sow cars, you sow whatever. You can sow material possessions. Three, you can sow an emotions. Emotion. Right. Emotions such as love or hatred is still a seed. The seed of emotions. It could be love, it could be hatred. And any other thing you want to put there. But biting, gossiping, it's all seed. That's why I'm saying that it is something that we do almost every day, but we don't really recognize what we are doing, that every act we put up is a seed. Anytime you sow seed on the ground, like I said, it must reproduce itself. It has the ability. Is that okay? So you can sow emotions, such as hatred, such as love, such as gossiping, such as backbiting, whatever. These are all seeds. Amen? You can sow the seed of prayers. The seed of prayers. You could pray for people. It's a seed. Amen? And for instance, like the intercessors, they don't know that even that what they are doing is a seed. Praise the Lord. We can sow the seed of time. The time you spend on people, the time you spend to worship God, all of these things are all seed. And so, the Bible made us understand that whatever seed we sow, we should expect what? A harvest. Praise the living God. Now, if you look at it, and, and it's very, very important, let's go back to the test and look at something there. Basically, God is our source. Are you there with me? Man cannot be your source. God is our source. But look at this. Luke 6, 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Praise them and shaking together and running over. Shall. Who gives back to you? Good. Shall men give unto your bosom. And he said for with the same measure that you made up with her. It shall be measured to you again. Now like I said. God is our source. No two words about that. I believe that. You should believe that. But the point is, God, let's even look at it from the aspect of money. 
Gold will never produce a counterfeit money or let's even say original dollar bills and give it to you. He can only cause men to give it to you. So now, the agency of distributing or rewarding you for every seed you sow is still men. That's what I want you to pick. Is that okay? And if that tells you, I mean, it's self-explanatory. It said, give it shall be given to you. Good measure, shaking together, praying, shall men. But we know that God is the source of all things. Is that alright? But God is going to stay men to do it. So that is very important. Praise the living God. So, for instance, if you are praying for finances, you are praying for money. Let's just put it on that perspective. God, I, I want you to bless me. I've never seen any man that testify one day when he says, God, I want you to bless me. And you see God walk to your doorstep. Angels can do that, whatever the case may be. But it might be somebody that you can handle tangibly. Am I right? Good. So even if you pray for money, God is still going to use men to give you the money. That is why, as we you have to understand the implication of what we are dealing with tonight. Because your interaction in life is with men. Your success in life is with men. God is the source that is going to use men to prosper you. So the way you relate to people will determine how successful you will be. Even your prayers cannot be answered beyond your level of relationship. It's very serious. Hallelujah. So now that's why we're done with the issue of the seed you sow. So if you're sowing hatred, if you're sowing malice, if you're sowing jealousy, you should understand that you are short, you know, short-circuiting yourself from advancing even in the answers that God wants to bring to you. Because it is still men that you're dealing with that God's going to use to give the answer to you. Is that okay? You're praying for money and God wants to give you some good money. It's human being that is going to send to bring the money to your doorstep. Somebody was just, I just feel that something just make me feel I should give you this. You're looking for money. Am I right? Good. But when you relate to such people in such a way that you don't even communicate with them, even if God is speaking to them, I don't know how they're going to come to you. Even if they are coming to you, how are you going to receive them? And that is why it's difficult for people to succeed to a very reasonable level. Because you don't have good relationship with people. And so it's difficult for you to prosper. Because even those that God is sending to you, you will reject them. Are you still there? God wanted to save Israel, he wanted to save the whole world, send Jesus Christ. What happened? They rejected him. The Bible said he couldn't do much miracle in his own time. But that was, that was their source. That was what God wanted for them. That was their means of deliverance. That was their means of healing. God wants to heal them, but the sense of it, they rejected the person. Relationship is the key to receiving anything from God. Bible says, how can you say you love God when you can't love the one you see? Am I right? Okay, so let's move on. So get the picture right. I'm saying God is our source, but He uses men. Is that alright? 
Are you, are you still there with me? Okay. Um, okay. So, it's always very simple. If you're praying for money, you should expecting that you're going to receive it in the next moment, whatever the case may be. But the man you should ask, I mean, as God is going to send this thing to you, he's going to use men to send them to you. Amen? Alright. So, man is a channel. Human being is still the channel. Now, let's look at a few channels in terms of human being that God can use to bring your answers to pass. Even if it is money. Let's look at a few channels. Number one, our employers. Huh? You're praying for money. God can use the people that employed you to prosper you. Right? He said, I'll bless the works of your hand. And if you went to look for a job, you get a job. And the man start paying you. It is still God answering your prayers. Now, your relationship to employer will also determine either you're going to be promoted or you'll never be promoted. And if you get promoted, you get more. Don't forget, you are praying for money. Remember that? Now, in that sense, what are you sowing? If you have to have a good relationship with your employer, you should be sowing the seed of humility. You should be sowing the seed of no good relationship in terms of obedience, in terms of respect. All these are seeds. Are are you getting what I'm talking about? And when you live this way with your employer, the next thing is, this man is definitely going to promote you. And the more he takes you up, the better your chances of having more money. Automatically, God is answering your prayers. But if you are a rebellious employee, you just dare very, you know, you can be promoted even if people are giving out things, your name will not be in the list. If you like, go fast and pray. Right? Go up to the mountain. Like people say, I'm going to climb the mountain. You can go to Mount Everest. Go and pray. When you come down, you are still going to meet with men. Hallelujah. Number two. The people who buy your goods, if you are a business person. I'm saying the channel by which God answers your prayer based on the seed you sow. So channel number two are the people that buy your products. And in that instance, you find that you are supposed to be sowing the seed of good relationship in terms of, you should have a smiling face when you're doing business. You shouldn't be using languages that are offending to people. You shouldn't hurt people all the time because they come to buy from you. Right? Are we together? Good. Those who buy your products, I'm saying God uses men to prosper you. Is that okay? Right. So now, if you are the type that you don't have a smiling face, you're never happy, you know, people come to your shop and all that, you don't expect them to come back tomorrow. If you are very insulting, or because you're shading or you're doing one thing or the other, you don't expect people to keep on coming to you. Your goods can be there. No matter how you pray, if you like pouring the olive oil, it's not going to attract anybody to come in. Men want to see your face. Men want to see your smile. And they can buy more than what they budgeted for if they come to your shop and they find that you are amicable, you are receptive. Right? They can go beyond. And you go back home and say, the Lord bless me today. You see, that's the language you're going to use. Say, today market was good. God really blessed me. But it was men that came to buy from your shop. Am I right? 
Good. So your relationship to people that come to buy will determine what comes to you. Or the answers to your prayers by God. So that is channel number two. Challenge number three, friends. Some of you don't know how to keep friends. Some of you don't know how to maintain friends. Some of you change friends like you change your undies. Hallelujah. And the ones you are shutting off, you shut them in such a way that the door can never open again. Continue that way, you are not going to go too far in life. That's the honest truth. Hallelujah. How many of you have broken relationship and you can't greet on the road anymore? Have you, have you seen situation like that? That's not the way to live. Even if you are parting with anybody, don't part in such a way that when you see on the street, you can't talk again. Because you see, that man may end up being somebody who will assist you tomorrow, or you may be the one assisting that person tomorrow. You, you, can, you can allow situation or relationship to be, to be cold because of one thing or the other. But you don't part in such a way that that door can never be opened again in life. No. God uses your friends to prosper you. Amen. Uh, there's a common saying that, is it a good friend is thicker than, or is better than good brother or something, whatever the case may be. Huh? And then they often say a friend in, in, in need is a friend indeed. They didn't say a brother, a friend. And uh, there's a common saying that only your friends know your secrets. That means you come to a point where the things you can reveal to your friend, you may not even reveal it to your brothers. Are you still there with me? Praise the living God. So your friends are very vital. You don't make friends and don't keep on changing friends every day. And then somebody asks a question about, no, 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 we are no longer friends. No, 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 we are no longer. No, no. You can't live like that. You can't live like that. You're not going to go too far. Right? You could break friends. You could break relationships where the people are not contributing to your life. They are not but fine. You keep it the way it is. You can pull out. But you don't pull out in such a way that both of you can never communicate again in life. Is, Is that okay? Let it be a situation where you can say, it's my old friend. But at least let it still be a friend. Old friend, far away. You're not just discussing the way you used to do. Is that alright? But you can break friendship in such a way that you can't meet, you can't communicate, and then, for instance, when the man grows up, they see your children, they see anybody say, whose child are you? And the name is mentioned, and the man says, okay, that's alright, that's alright. No, it doesn't have to be so. Hallelujah. So, I'm talking about seed. It's very important. Right? Then, number four, channel of blessing is your brethren in the faith. Your brethren in the faith. Very vital as far as I'm concerned. Right? I'm very convinced that genuinely, what your brethren in the faith can do for you, sometimes your relations can't do it for you. I believe that. I'm talking about brethren in the faith. Those who truly believe and you know you're working in the same faith, the same platform of understanding. 
they can stick out their life for you as compared to what their own brothers can do or they can do for their brothers. Breading the faith, very important. That is why if you're in a local assembly, you must know where you belong. You must know how to relate to those people that belong there. Because these are channels that God has opened for you to do what? To prosper. There are a lot of things I do in church here, for instance, not because I'm pastoring you, but I know how far John can go to give me my driver's license without struggling. All I need is to pick the phone call. We are not from the same community. But he could do that because we are in the same faith. Are you getting what I'm talking about now? God uses your brethren to bless you. So if you are living among your brethren and you're not having the right relationship, you're just cutting off a supply of God's grace in your life. And it's very important. If you live it, don't forget what I'm saying. You can see a seed, you can sow seed of emotions, like I said in the beginning. Remember that? Good. And one of the ways by which you break relationship is through expression of negative emotions. Right? So even in the local assembly, you find yourself operating in that dimension. In such a way that you are not in contact with anybody. You don't have any bearing with any member of the local assembly. You are just on your own. Man, you're just cutting off the supply of God's grace in your life. Praise the living God. Don't forget where I'm coming from. Give it shall be given unto you. Is that, is that true? Good men are shaking together. Shall God cause men to give to your bosom? He's not going to use some. I agree, angels. Fine, I do. But one in a thousand. <laughs> one in a thousand. Amen. Yeah, few have ever come to say, well, an angel bless me. But I, I'm saying one in a thousand. Hallelujah. God is using, you are the angel that God really wants to use to bless your brothers. We are the ones to bless one another. Amen. So we're not looking for unseen spirits. We're not looking for the mysterious people. It is the household of faith that God is going to pass through to prosper you, to make things available to you, to bring so-called to your haughty spirit and haughty soul. That's why your relationship to the brethren must be genuine, unfeigned faith, the Bible says, unfeigned love, the Bible says. Amen? Praise the living God. You need to check how you're sowing seed. What kind of seed are you sowing among yourselves? As brethren in the faith, what kind of seed are you sowing? What's the kind of relationship you're having? Because this is very important. No matter how you pray, fast and pray, I'm saying the key to your receiving 80%, if not 90% of your answer is going to be through men. Through men. And don't you forget, I told you this some time past. God has given the earth to the sons of men. How many of you remember that? And God's not going to bypass man to do anything. And that's the reason why he has to go to Abraham to begin to find out what shall I do to Sodom. Amen? And Abraham began to give conditions. And I think God had to do what he did because Abraham limited himself to a last option. If he had continued, God would still have listened. No, 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 I mean it. <laughs> he said, I've got 50, it's not there, God 40, it's not there, 20, God 10. Even if he had said 5, 
God will still have come down. Because that was a man that was watching the earth. As far as God is concerned, the earth has given to the sons of man. So whatever thing you do, say unto my ear, so will I do unto you. So if he had said five, God will say, okay, five. I will say, so done because of five. You see what I mean? So he the same thing. God is going to prosper some people. Maybe he ask a question too. God will say, I want to bless this person. Maybe do you want me to bless? Maybe some of us could say, don't bless that one. Bless this one. <laughs> he said, why? Well, he say he doesn't relate well. He's not a good relationship. You see what I mean? God can do things like that. I'm trying to say, man, we need to come to the place where we realize that God uses people to prosper us. Amen? Praise the living God. And number five, you may add other ones, but number five, your neighbors. Your neighbors. We may not be in the faith, but you're living amongst people. Very important. Your neighbors. The way you live among people, the kind of seed you sow, is very important. God can use your neighbors to prosper you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hmm? Now, have you seen in those times, though these days, because of the kind of theology and doctrines we carry, it's difficult. Otherwise, most often when neighbors have things in abundance, they want to share with the next neighbor. Am I right? They could have maybe they go to market, they come back with several tubers of yam. They can tell the children, go and give this to that one. Have you noticed things like that before? Right. Even fish. They go to village, they come back, all manner of things they want to distribute. But today, you don't take, turn you to somebody's house, uh, and they pray fire and brimstone and pour olive oil. That's if at all they are going to eat it. Because everybody is a suspect. Even in the church. But the truth is, God uses your neighbor to do what? To prosper you. You may be praying and praying and praying and God wants to use your neighbor. Now, your neighbor can only be available based on the seed you also sow in towards that neighbor. If you sow in hatred, even though both of you are, in fact, you will erect more fence to ensure you don't even see one another. If you hate yourself, if you don't love yourself, I mean, so even if God is sending the message, uh, some of them could like Jonah. I'm not going. Amen? I why you don't want to go. The reception. No, 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 I can't go there. I know she doesn't welcome people. She doesn't receive people. She doesn't smile. I can't go there. Those seed you sown can block the gift that God is sending to you. Are you still there with me? You see, it's possible that people be thinking, I feel like blessing this woman. But I don't know how she's going to respond. I, I, I just feel people can think that way. I feel like blessing that boy, but that boy is too arrogant. You know, just that little seed you've sown in life makes it difficult for people to move towards you. Is that okay? Some can come and say, I, I feel like giving this into this sister, but I don't know how she's going to receive it. Right? Because sometimes the seed of pride we've sown can turn people off. They don't want to come close to us. They may have things that are, you know, God is staring their heart. They want to bring this thing to you, but they can't come because of the seed you are sowing. Seed of pride. Seed of arrogancy. You know. God have to help us. Amen. Praise the living God. Okay, you go to Galatians, Galatians 6. Where's the common thing? Galatians 6. That's what I said tonight. We're dealing very pastoral. <laughs> Galatians 6. Let's look at verse 7 and 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man swear, that shall he also reap. Is that true? Yeah. 
For he that swear to his flesh of the flesh corruption, but he that swear to the spirit shall the spirit reap life everlasting. In other words, the measure of what you sow is what you are going to do what? Reap. And I've tried to explain this sometime. Okay, let's take another scripture, then I, I give some explanation. Second Corinthians 9. Second Corinthians 9. Are you there? It says, He which sweat sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and which sweat bountifully shall also reap what? Bountifully. Now you watch the things we said you can sow. Huh? How many of you remember the things we said you can sow? The kind of seed you can sow. You can sow money. You can sow emotional hatred or love. Is that alright? But the Bible is saying, any of those seed that you sow, you are going to reap it what? Bountifully. And say, God is not mocked. It is what you sow that you reap. And then don't forget, we are saying in reaping, God is going to use men to cause you to get reaping. Is that, is that what we are saying? Good. So now, that's part of what we are saying. Now, if you say hatred, it's not as if people are going to hate you, in quote, let me put it that way. But I fear people are going to be pulled out from your circle. Is that alright? Because you are sending a negative uh, aura, or what I call it now, glory or, or image or power, whatever it is. You are sending somebody that is repulsing people. Hatred, pride, you know, arrogancy. All these now repulsive indices that People can be running away from you, unknown to you, while they are doing that. But they are seed that you are sowing. And the Bible is saying, when you sow those things in abundance, in other words, you reap abundant rejection. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise the living God. You know, the word of God is so simple, and we are finding it difficult to leave it out or apply it, and so sometimes we think it has to be because... Go back to the word that says, if your ways please the Lord, it makes even your enemies to be at peace with you. Is that, is that true? Good. So what ways are we talking about? It's the ways of Christ. Right? The ways of Christ. The, the problem shouldn't be the enemies. The people should be the people that hate you. The problem should be your ways before the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. So like we said, the law of sowing and reaping is a natural law just like the law of gravity. Right? That affects the believers and the unbelievers. They both can exercise it. They both can gain from it. And uh, the law, like I said, works both negatively and positively. Is that okay? Because if you sow negative things, you're going to get negative things. And you get them in abundance. In abundance. If you sow positive things, you're going to get positive things, and you're also going to have it what? In abundance. He does so sparingly, shall reap sparingly. But he does so bountifully. So if your seed in a bountiful dimension is hatred, you're going to get bountiful hatred. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. But you see, there is something that is found in the Bible. 
or in the natural law. Let me put it that way. We know that uh, the law of gravity, for instance, can be overcome through trust and lift. You know, so for instance, men want to send their, their rocket to the moon, right? The power it and it goes off, and there's a place it gets to, it begins to go off. Goes above the force of gravity. Are, are you still with me? Come on, are we together? And that is why those who walk on the moon, they can, they don't, they can walk in a stable form because, you know, they can, there's no balance. You know, they've gone up and up and, okay, fine. So we talk about trust and lift. Right? Meaning, though the law of gravity is there affecting everybody, there are things that can be done to overcome the laws of what? Of gravity. So now, if we have sown evil seeds, so understand what we're talking tonight, talking about overcoming evil seeds that we have sown. How do we overcome evil seeds? Very important. Because, whether you, whether you want to believe it or not, none of us is completely excluded somewhere along the line from sowing evil seeds in our daily relationship and activity with people. Is that okay? But how do you overcome those effects? Because the law of gravity can be overcome. It simply also means that the law that speaks about sowing and reaping, and now you are supposed to read evil seed or negative seeds, how can you overcome them? They have been sown, but how can you overcome them? Amen? Amen. Praise the living God. Alright, I just want to try. But I think you, you, have, you may know more. But I just want to try to speak about two or three. Uh, principles by which you can overcome negative seeds in your life. The ones you've sown. Right? You don't need that to come again. The law of karma, things like that, whatever. But... By way of natural living, there are some things you can. One of those things is the law of forgiveness. The law of forgiveness. The principle of forgiveness enables you to overcome the effect of negative seeds that you've sown. The law of forgiveness. You know, it's difficult for so many of us to forgive people. Right? It's difficult. But that is one thing you must learn to do. You must pray to be able to do it. Because it enables you to overcome the negative seed you have also sown unknown to you. Alright? Okay. For instance, you want to take some scriptures? You can just write down that one. First John 1 and verse number 9. Just write it down. But what we're going to read is Matthew 6. But right now, First John 1 verse number 9, the Bible says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, the emphasis should have been the word confess. But what I'm really dealing with is the key word forgiveness. Right? So, in essence, we sin against God, but God is able to forgive us. Right? Hallelujah. Uh-huh. You're looking at me like that. This one's too simple for us today. To me, it's a practical Christianity. It's the main thing we're supposed to be dealing with. Is that alright? Good. Because there are some things that you may be calling devils, killing you, whatever. They are just simple application of these laws. They are just simple seed that you sown that are coming back. You just have vesting. Wrong attitude, wrong emotions. They're just coming back to you. So if you can overcome 
I mean, apply this principle, you can overcome the seeds. In other words, these things I'm trying to say neutralizes the effect of the wrong seed you've sown. Can you catch that? Good. That's what I'm saying. Uh, those of you in the chemistry, what do you need? Uh, what neutralizes uh, acid? Is it the base? Base? Put a base on acid, neutralize it. This base, I'm trying to chew now. So acid can corrode your life, but I'm giving you base tonight. Amen? Praise the living God. Okay. Learned that some years back. I remember when. But it's good. Fine. The Holy Spirit will bring remembrance of all things uh, told you. Okay. Matthew chapter 6. To me, it's very important. These things are very, very crucial. Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at verse number 12. And Jesus was saying this. 12. He said, Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. The word debt there actually means sin. Right? Okay. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse number 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses. Are you still there? Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So even if you confess, First John 9, I mean 1 9, and you have not forgiven, forget your confession will not produce forgiveness. Because God ties your forgiveness to man. Hallelujah. <laughs> you see the problem? No, verse 15. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your own trespasses. Very simple. So the key to neutralizing negative effect of the seed you've sown, number one is what? Forgiveness. You must learn it. You must ask God for that grace. <laughs> You must. On a daily basis, you should. God give me the ability to forgive everyone that have wronged me. Give me the grace. Hallelujah. You know, you see David keep on forgiving Saul all the time. Huh? All the time. Try to kill him. He keep on running. Even when I have opportunity to strike him back, he will not strike him back. He keep forgiving Saul. Even when Saul die, he has to more. Forgiveness. Praise the Lord. Number two, neutralizer. Show mercy to the poor. (laughs) Show mercy to the poor. Amen. Because you see, I'm going to read the scripture, but the point is, you in the condition you were before, was such a wretched person until the Lord should mercy towards you. Are you sitting there with me? Okay. Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. Let's look at verse 20 down. Daniel 4, 20. Now Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And Daniel coming to interpret this dream. Praise God. Daniel 4, 20. He's operating this dream and he says, The tree that I saw it, which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto the heaven and the side thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all, under which the beasts of the, far, of the feed dwelt, 
and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. It is thou, O king, that art grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown. And reacheth unto heaven, and thy dominion to the end of the earth. And whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one come down, coming down from heaven and saying, Hew the tree down and destroy it, yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass and the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beasts of the field, till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which is come upon my Lord the king, that they shall drive thee from men, and their dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and give out it to whomsoever he will. And whereas thou commanded, what are they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots? Thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, after thou, thou have known that the heavens do rule. Therefore, O king, let my counsel, look at verse 27, be acceptable unto thee. And break off thy sins by righteousness and thy iniquities by doing what? Showing mercy to the poor. If it be a lengthening of thy tranquility. Hallelujah. The negative seeds that Nebuchadnezzar was to harvest. is what Daniel is counseling him now what to do to overcome those negative effects of the seed that he has saw. So showing mercy to the poor neutralizes some of the negative seeds you were supposed to be harvesting in life. Right? It could even be debt. It could be you've done things that even warrant you dying. You show mercy to the poor can deliver you from that. Are, are you sitting there with me? Praise the living God. You know, most of the, let me say the Muslim community and some of the religions of faith, they kind of practiced it in a higher dimension. Right? And that is why the, is the Amajiris, what do you call these people? Okay, they just go give them, the rich people, the, like in the north, they make tea, everybody come and drink tea, you know. It's not a Christian that doesn't have this uh, principle that much. No, I'm just being honest with you. I remember well, this man, uh, one of these uh, good lawyers we had in this country that died when he had one of his bad day. You know, it, then he was in London. Wasn't it? Okay, fine. He was in London and um, it was his bad day and he sent some money. So, okay, you go to the street, just cook food and bring everybody, or the poor, bring them, let them eat. That was bad day, man. Good, good, good bad day. I'm telling you, it's not a question of going to invite some rich people, huh? invite governors and president because you got a bad day. No, but get to, come to think of it, this man was a Muslim. You, you, you understand what I'm talking about? He was a Muslim. And the Bible made us understand, when you are doing good, don't do it to the people who can call you back the next day. Now, he got to get the poor because the poor cannot invite him to their bad day. Oh, come on. They don't have to invite him. But who celebrates your birthday? 
the governors. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, to neutralize the effect of this negative seed, one of the principles God put in His word that you can apply is to have mercy on the poor. Think about that. Okay? Let's just move on. We need to finish with this. Okay, if I read it from the message, it says, So king, take my advice. Make a clean break with your sins and start living for others. Did you get that? Start living for others. Not yourself. Quit your wicked life and look after the needs of the down and out. Then you will continue to have a good life. Amen? Start living for others. The righteousness of God. God so loved that He gave. Righteousness of God. Start living for others. Right? And then meet up the needs of the down and out. Those who can meet up their need, meet their needs. You'll be breaking up a lot of yokes from your head. Based on some of the negative seed that you have sown. Now think about it. You some seed that are negative that are supposed to be working against you. How are you going to overcome them now? You are meeting men. Because it is men that you treated to get those seed. So how do you overcome that? You're going to treat men right. I'm just going to cry to God. God will answer. How did you offend me? You treated the one I sent to you wrongly. How are you going to please me? Go treat him right. Very simple. <laughs> Some of us want to spend time crying to the Lord and... God will be saying, man, your answer is in your neighbor's hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody can open your eyes to see where I place your answer. You keep on crying all this while. You've been crying for too long. The answer is just maybe your next neighbor's and somebody in the fellowship. It's just right there. The answer is there. Praise the Lord. Number three. Don't stop doing good. Don't stop doing good. Galatians 6 verse number 9. Don't stop doing good. Galatians 6 verse 9. The Bible says, Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen? It means the good seed we have sown can be voided if we don't continue in doing good things. So don't be tired if you are somebody who knows how to do good? If you are somebody who's been doing good, don't be tired. Keep doing good. May you be known for doing good all the time and always. Hallelujah. There is not only an accumulation of that which you are doing that will suddenly come to you through men, but it also goes so far as neutralizing. The negative seed you sown somewhere unknown to you. Hallelujah. And don't you forget, evil words could be seeds. Amen? And you know, even the seeds of words are more dangerous than any other thing. If I don't give you money, you may not feel it as much as when I insult you. Am I right? Words are more dangerous. 
you may probably ask me for money now and then I don't have it to give to you. You may just say, oh, I will pastor do that. You know, well, maybe he doesn't have or something as the case may be. But if I insult you, and that incident you may easily forget sooner than later. But if I insult you, it's difficult to erase that from your mind. So the seed of words are even much more delicate and dangerous than all other seeds that can produce negative seed harvest into your life. What am I sharing tonight? Overcoming evil seeds. And these are the principles the Lord lays in my heart to share with you. The Lord bless you.